Hi everyone and welcome back to Into the Void. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 10. So thank you all once again for tuning in uh, to listen to my musings and um, thoughts and streams of consciousness really. I can put it like that. So I'm going to begin today's show um, once again with the news section and I want to pick up on a couple of things that have um, caught my eye this past week or so. Firstly, um, if you are someone like myself who keeps an eye on current sort of prescient themes and news stories within the alt media, you'll be well aware of rumours of um, COVID making a return, dreaded COVID-19 or, um, or making a revival tour, if I can put it this way. And um, these um, rumours have come to light. Um, apparently, uh, Alex Jones was sharing information. I don't know the validity of this information, but um, an employee in America from the TSA saying um, later on in the year, around autumn time, um, new in, uh, restrictions are going to be imposed at US airports. And we're also um, hearing... Um, reports coming in of already uh, restrictions um, being reimposed uh, within educational establishments within the United States, um, certain universities, and also um, at the um, film studio or movie studio Lionsgate, they've announced that they are going to reintroduce mask wearing and testing. Now, I very much doubt that applies to the... Um, kind of multi-million uh, dollar movie stars, but I'm, I'm sure they're probably referring um, to the staff. And also here uh, in the UK, uh, it's been announced that the NHS, the National Health Service, are once again advising um, their staff to wear masks, to mask up because of this, um, this new variant. Um, that apparently is is on the rise. Now, I mean, I'll share my perspective on this. Um, as you know, I always try to take the middle road, the middle path, a more grounded um, grounded perspective. So normally, you know, in more normal times, I would say, well, this is a preposterous idea. There's no way, you know, this is going to fly again. Even a lot of the public have had enough of COVID, you know, although quite a few, many, of course, went along for shot one and two. Um, but after the boost, as we know from official health stats and government stats, that people have had enough. They've had enough of taking these injections and they'd have had enough of the um, they'd had enough of the restrictions. But as we know, um, you know we're not in we're not in we're not in normal times um so to speak so it wouldn't surprise me if there is a covid redux a covid uh mark II, a covid revival tour as i was saying earlier and if that is going to be the case i mean on the one hand it's just going to be laughable laughable farcical um, but on another hand, of course, we know, as has happened before, that our normal day-to-day -day routines were disrupted. You know, people had to close businesses, uh, their businesses. 
um, our normal social lives were disrupted, our normal working lives uh, were disrupted. So um, if that happens again, the question of course is going to be, how do we react? How, how do we react um, to this situation? Because it isn't helpful if we get angry, and I know I've seen people online uh, in response to these rumours saying, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to comply, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stick it to the authorities. It's like, well, okay, fair enough. But in some way, you know, um, those who are, those who are seeking to enslave humanity, those who are seeking to create polarizations, gross polarizations, so, you know, brother turns on brother, etc., etc. that's what they want. Um, they want us to react in a sort of aggressive um, way. Um, I mean, how I'm going to approach it is uh, I would take it on a sort of um, case by case basis. I mean, obviously, if they bring in um, COVID vax, fake vax, uh, compulsory mandates, I'm not going to follow along with that. So, you know, I have certain red lines um, and this time, how I'm going to alter my reaction is initially, of course, I think, you know, we did loads of loads of gathering of information. I'm going to talk about this a bit later. Loads of gathering of information and, you know, try to get the real the real juju, the real what is really happening here beyond all the lies and disinformation in the mainstream media. I think this time, because we know what's, um, you know, what the modus operandi is, I think that impulse will be slightly lessened um so uh, yeah i think i'm just going to take it really on a kind of day by day ba basis and try not to get too angry and also try not to um get too sort of defeatist about it all because i think this is an important thing to remember this is just my take on it i'm not saying this is the truth but on a higher dimensional level, as many other commentators have said, who speak upon such things like I do, on a higher dimensional level, this is that if they do roll out COVID Mark II, it's actually good because, um, as we know, the force of awakening needs to intensify in order to, you know, in order to stir or in, or in order to rattle the cages of many humans. Because let's be honest when you go out in your local environment, wherever you happen to be listening to this in the world, most people are still extremely complacent. And if I can put it in these terms, most people are really still asleep at the wheel. So it could be that a COVID, another run of COVID is needed in order to intensify um, the force of awakening. And I think that can be that understanding of the bigger picture can be helpful, can lessen our anger, our anger, our eerie, uh, if this thing is pulled upon us um, once again. So that's just my thoughts on it. And just lastly, of course, the elephant in the room is, uh, as always, is the global financial system, which continues to teeter on the brink, as we know. I haven't got time to go into, into all the details about that. And as I've spoken about before, the rise and rise of the BRICS nations uh, is believed that um, new countries are being um, invited to join early part of next year, including Iran. So we're talking about huge, significant 
countries with huge economies and uh, Iran you know has big influence within the Middle East and and the wider world a growing sophisticated military um, as well so yeah the as we as we know from information that came to light afterwards that um, it was really about the one of the reasons why uh, COVID first came about since we of course it wasn't a genuine health emergency but it was about um, trying to plug the many holes uh, in the financial system just to keep it ticking over because unlike a lot of people who kind of populate truth or conspiracy realm I don't really I don't subscribe to this idea of um, the fake powers that be wanting a collapse. I just think they want to continue their control. They want to continue feeding at, you know, the financial trough. Why would they want to collapse uh, that would threaten that control and, and the fact that they, they can just make out easily like bandits? So, um, yeah, I, I think um, that's something to be aware of. Um, the global financial system which just seems to lurch from one crisis um, to the next. And, and, in, and in the past, we've seen that this normally, when this comes about, we had World War I, of course, World War II, one of the many coalescing factors of why those events happened, of course. But now with the rise of the East, China, India, Russia, and in the Middle East, Iran, of course, and other nations, not to belittle other nations, um, who are moving away from the West and Western hegemony, Hegemony, pronounce that correctly, and, and can see the lunacy of woke and political correctness and this kind of malignant Trojan force uh, that is designed to destroy ultimately Western societies. They don't want anything of that. Because this power block is now so powerful, that's why um, the Western nations haven't, they haven't been able to instigate a World War Three type scenario. And I just don't think they will. Um, because the counterbalance now, since really 9-11, uh, which was the last kind of power play of, of, of the West, America, predominantly the UK uh, uh, and uh, Israel, of course. But since that time, their power base has, has declined dramatically. So I don't think we see, we'll, we'll, we will see a World War Three type scenario uh, because the balance of power has has um, has really shifted, has shifted so um, so dramatically. And just lastly, on this particular excuse me, last particular on this news section, um, I'm talking about the BRICS nations again, not because I think that Putin and you know Etau are going to bring in an amazing financial system that's going to save all of the world's economic problems and do away with poverty and mass inequality and we'll we'll be living in this sort of um you know um this utopia because um there's still people uh, on a website that I quite often look at it's quite a good truth seeker because it has a variety of articles on there and sometimes when i look at the comment section people will pick up that well you know uh, Russia is still looking at bringing in, I think I've mentioned this before, a biometric type of, you know, um, system. And as we know, the system in China is, is really restrictive on their personal freedoms. Um, if they say or do the wrong thing or behave in the wrong way, um, you know, they can't travel. We've all seen those stories. So this, this a system that is developing, that is opposed to kind of, as I was just talking about, Western hege hegemony, 
Western control. It doesn't mean that there, it's that this alternative system is is pure as the driven snow, and it and it's going to herald a kind of amazing sort of um, an amazing, what should we say, revolution around the world. It's just different. It's just different. Um, so don't look towards that as solving all the problems in the world. So yeah, just a point I want to make is that I think there are, when I see comments on websites like Truthseeker, I think people kind of like miss the point just because there's this alternative financial system that, that it looks like is being established. And I don't have time to go into the details or even, you know, look at it cursorily, really in a cursory manner. That doesn't mean that <laughs> it doesn't mean that these these nations have benevolent um, government. Of course not, because as I've said before, governments and, and state powers are all they're always concerned with um, with controlling their their populations. That is always you know one of the uh, one of the main considerations. Anyway, I'm going to move on now, and another big story um this week following the um events at the football or the soccer world cup the women's world cup uh which was over in australia i believe yeah australia last sunday so a week ago to this recording going out and there's this big uh controversy brewing because the head it was spain that won i didn't see the game i'm not really interested in uh watching women's uh football to be honest um, but I saw it on the, the mainstream news. So the big row or big controversy um, is the head of the sort of Spanish soccer or football association or federation, whatever you want to call it. So the big honcho, the big, uh, the main figurehead. He was, um, when he was handing out the medals at the end of the game, um, I believe that Spain beat England 1-0. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Memory can serve me right. So I'm not sure if it was the Spanish captain, but one of the Spanish players, um, he, um, this dude, he um, kissed uh, one of the players on the lips. I mean, he didn't, you know, it wasn't a French kiss. He held her, he held his hands around uh, the side of her head and he went and he kissed her, full on kissed. Now, what was interesting was she didn't pull back. I'm not saying that she, um, you know, uh, necessarily enjoyed it at the end of the day, but she didn't pull back. So... You know, it's enough again. I hate to use this word. I seem to go on about it so much. Forgive me. But it does fall under the banner of, you know, the whole woke political correctness because there's been calls for him to resign. And, you know, ex-Spanish um, men's football players are, are coming out and being critical. One ex-men's player, he came out and when the head honcho guy, when he had, when he didn't resign and he heard him speak, this ex-pro said his ears were bleeding. I mean, what? It's just again, it's it. It just shows you the the um, the kind of um, my take on it. You know, is is again, it's just in the media they they amp these things up. It's a complete gross overreaction. Okay, you know, in the current climate, he's been a bit of a dickhead. Perhaps he shouldn't. You know, perhaps he should have. Um, he should have apologised, you know, at the end of the day. But now it's, I think, I believe it was yesterday I saw on the news that he's actually, you know, he's been he's been suspended. So initially he said, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to stand down, which is which is fair enough. Uh, he's come out, he came out, sorry, and said that he isn't going to stand. And now he's actually been, he's been, he's, he's been, um, sorry, he's been suspended. 
And it also has come to light that the Spanish women's team have said, you know, until he's kicked out, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, uh, they're not gonna play another game. They're not gonna kick another ball in anger. So what's what's the what's the rub here? What's the pardon the pun? What what's really at play here? So from my perspective, this shows once again the completely contradictory nature because of this whole male-female dynamic interplay. Because on the one hand, we got these... Uh, when, I, when I have seen in the past the, the women's football players, soccer players, they, they sort of... Their body language is very masculine. A lot of them have got tattoos. The way they talk, their gait, their physical gait is, is very masculine. So on the one hand, and, you know, the same is probably the same for these women's the Spanish team so on the one hand all of these women they want to present themselves as being kind of very masculine or they display masculine traits even to down to how they um, celebrate after scoring a goal you know it's not um, it's not a very feminine way they celebrate it's very masculine but so on the one hand we've got this going on but with this incident, again, I'm not saying what the guy did was wrong. It's probably very ill-advised, and he's probably a bit of an arrogant douchebag himself. But the way in which he kissed this woman, you see a lot of the... Um, in the Premier League, the top soccer football league here in England, quite often that's how they'll celebrate after a goal. They'll hold the head of, you know, their fellow player and kiss like that. You know, not to say, not kind of like... A, French kiss but so he was interacting with her in a kind of very masculine way I believe and I just said this is my opinion I could be wrong again but the response from this player and the whole woke karate is it's outrageous you know this is another example of toxin toxic masculinity well you can't on the one hand as a player you know the men's football soccer you can't on the one hand present yourself as very masculine but then with this incident, by the same token, be, ex be expect to be treated, ad treated as a demure, feminine kind of wallflower. And, and again, it, it speaks to um, this completely contradictory way in which how men and women are supposed to, supposed to react. And from a sort of hyperdimensional level, is that the right way of putting it, or just from a higher level, I believe, again, it is about destroying... The divine masculine and the divine divine uh divine feminine that's what all of this is about and um to kind of get a little bit dark i do believe it is part of the transhumanist agenda because i mean eventually things were could be, be could become so confused how is like a, a guy how's a young guy gonna you know speak to a young girl, a woman, in a way in which he can express the fact that, you know, he finds her attractive, he finds her sexually attractive. How can he do that in a way that is seen to be non-discriminatory? And eventually, I'm not saying this is going to happen en masse, of course, but eventually, you know, certain types of people, they'll just throw in the towel and say, do you know what? It's just easier to, to just go and shag a robot because, you know, at least I know I won't be, uh, I won't be causing um, any offence. And again, just lastly, to pick up on the kind of contradictory nature of this is we live in an ever more sexualized um, society or culture or anti-culture, <laughs> if I can put it like that. And um, 
you know, sometimes um, you see young girls, obviously pre-pubescent girls, especially um, at the moment here in the summer. We do have the occasional day where it's warm and, and you see young girls, um, you know, barely teenagers and they're wearing very provocative, you know, hot pants or very provocative type of clothing. And I always think, um, what what? What, what, why are the parents of these children allowing this, allowing, and just young women uh, in general um, wearing, you know, sort of clothing that you might back in the day assume that um, prostitutes or hookers would wear. Very, very kind of um, suggestive clothing that doesn't leave much, much to the uh, imagination. So on the one hand, we've got this, and as we know, um, sexualization of advertising and within tv and and the massive growth of pornography so we know all about that and then on the one hand with this incident so this guy kisses this woman on the lips <gasps> oh my god the wokerati or you know all their heads uh, explode with rage and anger because this is you know this is what we've been you know fighting against this is an example of the patriarchy and this is an example of you know male abuse it's like sorry what it's it again it's um it's just another example of this upside down inside out um two plus two equals five that the uh world that that we live in and it is you know eventually eventually i i i liken this to um of course this is a key component of um of communism really and um leftist socialist politics which, um, as other commentators and analysts have said, is actually a form of Satanism because it goes against all, goes against human nature, you know, it goes against human nature, it goes against natural, um, it goes against natural law, as, as, as I'm saying, as, I've met, as many other commentators have said. And the point I want to make is that, of course, eventually what you're going to have with woke and the wokerati is. When everyone is pointing the finger at everybody else, oh, it's her, it's him, it's they. <laughs> They're the ones, kill them. Eventually, you, you're going to have one person, can I say, one man or woman standing, a bit like Goldilocks. Think of the children's story of Goldilocks. Uh, when everyone is pointing the finger at everyone else, and when wokeism, when woke ideology becomes more and more extreme, and uh, there's less um, kind of behaviours that are tolerated within society as this ideology becomes more sort of fascistic in, it, in its very ethos, the kinds of behaviour that we, we will be, be able to adopt, not just the way in which men and we, women relate, but anything, any ways in which human beings relate, it's, it's going to become um, so narrow that, that, yeah, eventually so narrow and so extreme that eventually you'll just have a few a few of the wokies left a few of the most extreme wokies left because the others will even either have been driven into kind of total uh, obscurity or or they may you know if things get really extreme they they will literally be wiped out they'll be killed um that's how i i, I see um things going so anyway that's just um that was just a couple of sort of news stories that I wanted to pick up on this week's episode of Into the Void. 
So in the next part of today's uh, episode, um, I want to talk a bit about, I'm going to bring up an aspect that I quite often refer to um, in terms of my COVID memoirs. And I want to pick up on something during COVID that really um, kind of stuck out for me or really was brought home to me in a really kind of sort of sinister way. And that's in relationship to or one sorry when one thinks of the quote uh, evil pros- prospers when good men do nothing because i think um the covid tyranny um the pandemic um was only possible because you know we saw people in um like in in public life so teachers implementing the mask mandate employers enforcing it upon their staff etc etc there's many examples i could give or you know religious leaders closing excusing closing their churches to their flocks and many other many other um examples whereby people just um kind of went along to get along because many of them would have obviously believed all the hype um, they would have believed all, all of um, the programming through the mainstream media. And um, again, you know, in their defense, they would say, well, we were just um, just um, we didn't we didn't know. We didn't know what we were doing. We, we trusted the authorities and, um, you know, we just um, we just went along. We just went along with the crowd. And as we know, that really is. Um, that really is no, I believe I should say, that really is um, no defence at all. No matter how much pressure you are being applied by your you know, employers or if you're a teacher, a school or whatever it might be. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because in the light of what I was speaking about um, just a moment ago in the news section and, and the seeming likelihood of um, COVID uh, rearing its ugly head again and uh, the imposition of new restrictions in the form of mask wearing and uh, new lockdowns. I really can't believe I'm talking about it again. But there we go. Um, I think the reason why I'm talking about it uh, in my COVID memoirs this week is that um, I think it's instructive to, to be aware of the fact that, you know, day to day in our lives it's always really a case of a lesson uh, for everyone in truthful living so as we live you know as we put one foot in front of the other each day we all are all faced you know if we are walking the path if we do regard ourselves as spiritual beings trying to you know ascend to a, a higher level of awareness not leaving this planet i just mean to become truer and better more honest and more grounded human beings if i can put it that way that it really life is really about a lesson for everyone um you know in 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 truthful living and and what looking back in terms of my covid memoirs today what it reminded me is, again, something I picked up quite a lot recently, is most people really don't value truth. They don't know what it means, uh, what truthful living even means. And it was quite difficult. Um, it was quite difficult um, to witness at the time and, and to hear stories. I mean, I heard through um, one friend, she told me, you know, um, her own like friend of a friend kind of thing, um, type scenario 
how um, a young child in in a school at the height of COVID, when you know they were being kept apart, they had to keep six feet apart, they were being kept in little bubbles, um, so they didn't spread the deadly uh, COVID bollocks. How one child arrived in the uh, playground. This is in the UK, of course. In the, and um, she poor 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 girl. It was a, a young a young girl. And it breaks my heart whenever I hear this story. But she literally soiled herself both ways because she was so scared. And, and you know, it makes me really sad and upset and emotional to, to kind of tell, tell, relay this story. But, you know, um, it's, it's, all, it, it, it's important to remind us that, you know, we talk endlessly about these things and we can lose, you know, we kind of, can lose we can lose sight of the human element and get lost in the intellect and this means this and this theory and it means this and and realize we're talking about human beings here so you know at the time and and it, and if covid is um reimposed on us all and some might say it never went away and that might be true in some in some parts of the world you know it's is important to to remember the human element you know this poor little girl and and i'm sure she wasn't alone and and even now in the mainstream media they're talking about the psychological impact on on young children and and teenagers of being locked up the impact on on their social development and the impact on their education in adverted commas within mainstream education you know i mean what that's worth i don't know you know make draw your own conclusions but yeah just not to forget the, the the human the the human element is you know when and not to forget that if we are seeing a form of tyranny um, a form of tyranny reimposed is is that we do each have a role not to you know not to <laughs> not to don uh, not to arm ourselves with weaponry and and to fight back in that way although of course if someone came came at me um, uh, with a needle or they tried to enforce a mask on me you know as many people have said who share a similar perspective to myself and perhaps you guys you know I would I would do everything in my power to to de defend myself and as sovereign human beings we 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 do we do have that right to do that but it's more about you know what role do we have to to make sure that we are living um embracing this idea of tr truthful living and not just in a intellectual intellectual abstract way as we consume information um online because i do think that um whatever comes along you know covid get fed up with the day <laughs> um whatever event it is whatever imposes restrictions on our normal day-to-day -day routines and let's be honest whatever comes along and imposes um not to mince my words imposes you know real gross restrictions on our our freedom and sovereignty what we've got to remember is you know it isn't easy walking the path and um you know it's going to be tricky navigating whatever turns up because we have had a reprieve in the last few years you know i've been um, perhaps like a lot of people I've been able to go back to certain things that I like doing socially like going to gigs going to concerts going to uh, going to events going to conferences and, and, and my movements have been you know uninhindered 
and so we are gonna we undoubtedly as the force of wakening intensifies looks like rain is coming in here in the new forest on the south coast of the uk hopefully it will hold off we shall see um but the the, the uh, force of awakening does have to intensify and and it's going to be hard it's not it, it, it is not going to be easy but no one said life was going to be easy and if we're seeking uh for deeper profundity and we're seeking for a deeper meaning on life you know we are we are going to be um we are going to be tested as we know so i think that's worth um it's worth bearing in mind that's what i just wanted to touch upon in this week's episode of into the void in terms of my covid memoirs so um next up i just want to kind of like um move away move away a little bit from the whole kind of you know political social aspect of things and of control and and tyranny and things like that and just um refer to um pick up on my energy update um which i sometimes um like to excuse me speak to and just want to uh, speak um briefly about something i've noticed um so it'd be interesting if if you guys out there listening have experienced the same thing but why I'm experiencing on an energy level um, in the last few months, really, um, is in terms of, you know, when they say we're in flow. So being in um, a state of kind of concentration, if you want to put it in everyday terms. So when I concentrate, you know, perhaps when I read a book or I prepare for a podcast episode or whatever it is, I'm just focusing on on some sort of... Um, kind of writing that I do um, I'm noticing that when I'm in a flow state that when I'm concentrating it's very it's it's much more intense than it once was uh, than it used to be than I used to experience it really feels the intensity of concentration feels a little bit if I could put it like this it feels a little bit trippy I come on I've taken some sort of you know some sort of um, substance um, shall we say and it's really, it feels like I'm, uh, when I'm in a state of flow and, and deeply concentrating, as if in my mind I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going off to some other sort of um, dimension. Because when I then kind of like click, click back and, you know, maybe I'll just look at, on something online or prepare some food or whatever it might be that, you know, we all do in our day-to-day -day lives, our day-to-day -day routines, is um, there's, there's a real contrast between the two kind of, um, the two states of being, uh, if, if I can put it um, like that. And and I just want to lastly say that, again, it points to, um, I was just thinking about this this morning, actually, uh, before coming out to do this recording today, about more and more, you know, the illusory nature of, of reality and how that in, you know, of course, uh, if I get hit by a car walking back to to my home, you know, I know I'm gonna have, I'm gonna feel that pain, and you know, the physical rea reality has, the material realm, so it does have some very, uh, you know, it is is real in some sense, but when I've been experiencing these intense uh, states of flow and concentration, it really does make me think, you know, about a uh, question, uh, perhaps I should say, sort of like um, the illusory the illusory nature um, of reality. I mean, and, and, and what, what, what is um, 
reality um, as well. And also something um, I just want to speak to uh, on my energy update. Something else I've noticed is, do you know, sometimes when you're falling asleep and you kind of catch yourself, um, you know, um, I've noticed um, when I do that, it's almost as if um, uh, some might call it daydreaming. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's kind of like a form of daydreaming. When I fall into daydreaming, something else I've, I've also noticed that that's a very much more intense experience um, than I used to have. And it also feels um, much more real when I'm daydreaming. Um, my daydreaming, episodes of daydreaming um, feel in many ways just as real as this sort of physical material reality. And this sort of speaks to the idea that the material realm is um, eventually, as we have known it, it is literally something that is is going away, or at least in it, in its current form, or shall we say, perhaps that its density or form is going to change. And I think the kind of experiences that I've had, energetic experiences that I've had um, in recent me, uh, months, sorry, they are kind of, um, perhaps they speak, speak to this um, idea. Anyway, I just wanted to share that um, today as part of my musings and streams of consciousness. Um, next up, I want to talk about something. Um, it's been a really exper interesting experience for me. So um, I like to sort of play with different concepts, different ideas, um, different ways of being, if I can put it like that. And I feel that that's quite uh, important rather than just, um, you know, rather than just adopting a concept or an idea or a way of being saying, right, this is how I'm going to live or this is how I'm going to, this is a lens through which I'm going to view the world. I kind of like to um, experiment really in a way. So this last week, um, I've just been sort of playing with the concept or playing with the idea of allowing. So just allowing everything. I know in sort of spiritual new age circles, this is a big theme, just to allow, allow, allow everything. And those who are critical of the new age or the kind of spiritual world, they'll say, what, what do you mean? Allow, you know, um, child sex trafficking, allow murder, allow rape, allow uh, war, allow... Um, any kind of, you know, financial criminal activity, anything, any kind of, you know, action that harms another human being. And I think I used to be, you know, used to have that school of thought, but I thought, well, come on, and let, let's try this, you know, you know, let's try, let's, let's, let's put aside all of your, your cynicism, as you know, I'm quite a cynical person, but I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. It's about regulating one's um, cynicism so we don't shut down the heart you know, the heart and mind being in perfect harmony or perfect union. And that's a important part of walking the path, as I've spoken about before. So with this idea of allowing, it means, of course, in an everyday sense, accept, accept everything, just accept everything. And that doesn't mean just to be like um, sort of a passive mannequin. Um, that just still means you take action in life. And it also speaks to this idea that you've probably all heard of, of as well that I've been trying to adopt this week along with allowing which is just trying to embrace the idea that everything is sacred so you know making your lunch making your dinner having an argument with a relative having an argument with a friend getting frustrated uh, being full of yearning being full of frustration um, wishing your life was different 
uh, wishing that you were living in a different area of the country you live, wishing you were living in a different continent, you know, think of all the different things, um, and, and realizing that that is sacred. So even the things that we would normally um, normally label as being um, sort of negative, if you want to put it that way, or, or diminishing our sort of energy, to kind of look at it through a different lens and to look at it in a way that is much more sort of life affirming or sort of sort of uh, holistic. I mean, and again, of course, this is a sort of teaching that's been well known for for many, many years. But I've always kind of I've always not wanted to go down that route, route that road. Sorry. And this is what I thought now, stuff it. I'm going to actually I'm going to actually try to live this concept of allowing and I have to say, after my report back, it, you know, I've been quite blown away because it really has helped to slow my monkey, you know, my monkey mind, my excessive thinking and excessive need um, to, to, to analyse. And when you just, it's just helped me to, to um, just to enjoy just, just those um, tasks, as I was just saying, that we normally view as things that, you know, like loading the dishwasher or cleaning the dishes if you don't have if you don't have the luxury of a dishwasher or you know the things that we have to do like you know a point doctor's appointments or dentist or these sort of routine things going to do a shitty job that just doesn't really enhance our being in in any way but i've I, you know I have found it extremely um beneficial uh, in terms of just allowing 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 because and it also the other thing i just want to say is um i'm the kind of type of person that often just gets focused upon well and this part of your life that's not you know that's that's just not right i mean just obviously something um that i've spoken about recently in terms of one of the reasons why i've started this weekly series really which is a big departure for me to do something that doesn't involve many hours of um, kind of preparation, which for my normal discerning consciousness sister show, my episode, which I will be getting back to soon, back to concentration. Um, this is much more into the void is much more kind of like ad hoc. You know, I do a little bit of preparation, but it's not so much. It's much more of me drawing upon um, kind of my own uh, thinking in the moment. But anyway, one of the things that I've been wanting to do, as I said about before, is to increase my audience, is to increase, you know, my following, uh, if, if I can put it like that, without being too, without being too egotistical. And unfortunately, I haven't found that is the case for whatever reason. Maybe it's perhaps um, the product that I'm producing is not of, of great quality i don't know i mean i would i would, will still do this if if no one listens because i enjoy um what i do and i'm very grateful for those of you who who do you know who do listen uh listen to my content but anyway that's been sorry to get to my point that's been playing on my mind and thinking well and this hasn't been a successful venture you're you know two and a bit months into it now and you haven't really ha had the outcome but you know, when you live this idea, when you allow, allow, when you live the philosophy of allowing, it's like, well, maybe things, maybe things are going to change, and you know, maybe um, in the future I will reach my goal, which is to, you know, widen my audience. So it hasn't been the kind of negative feelings that I would normally feel about having reached my goal yet. Um, they've kind of been a, a lessened whilst adopting um, this kind of uh, philosophy or way of living of of allowing. So. Yeah, I just wanted to 
report back to you you guys um, because it's something that in the past I've kind of found really difficult being a single person but I find it's really um, it's kind of like a, yeah it's um, it's really working for me so maybe you guys would want to try it if you haven't um, in the past or if it's something um, it might already it might be something that uh, a way in which you're already living but yeah I found it um, really kind of um, helpful in the last week and uh, I'm sure in future I will um, report back to you guys in terms of how I'm getting on so I'm going to round things up there now um, seems like a good time to do so uh, with the wind <laughs> increasing and um, looks like the clouds um, are looking a little bit more ominous anyway thank you all again um, I didn't say at the beginning I should have done I hope you're all doing well thank you for listening I really do appreciate it i hope i've given you at least um you know stirred stirred your mind uh, and given you some food for thought um um today so yeah i'll um speak to you all again soon next week thank you very much bye